just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank all the folks that have been listening, those of you that have been subscribing, and I ask you to spread the word a little bit. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, being baby boomers or even Gen Xers and how we're getting to that age where the young people are trying to push us aside. We're old people. We don't know what we're talking about. And I can't begrudge them that because that's exactly what we did when we were their age. But the fact of the matter, baby boomers do have some power, have some things going on that are valuable to this country and even to those young folks if they'd open up their eyes to look at it. First of all, baby boomers make up about 70 million people in this country. That's a big voting block. That's almost as big as millennials. They also hold most of the money, most of the wealth, because of their age and the length of time they've been working and that sort of thing. Not to mention that we have some experiences in life. All the things we're seeing in front of us now, we've probably gone through at one time or another. And we might have some insights as to how we address them now. Now, I will grant you this. We're seeing them in much bigger terms and in a flurry of problems. So it is different from what we experienced. But it's better than having no experience at all. Now, what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is something a little different than I normally talk about. Because I talk a lot about the problems in this country, talk about racism, talk about politics, talk about corruption, and all those sorts of things. And those are big issues. But I think they all boil down to one core issue. And I want you to understand what I'm saying. I think it boils down to we have a country that is emotionally broken. Hey, Brian, what the, what the hell are you saying? I'm saying that a lot of people have some issues in their life. Not everybody, but a lot of people have issues in their life that cause them to react to certain things in certain ways, and a lot of times in negative ways. Now, people will say to me, well, you're not a doctor, you're not a psychologist, you're not a guru, and that's absolutely right. I am not. But... I am someone that's experienced many of the same things that you've experienced. I've just had a little different take at it. I'll give you some advice that my grandfather gave me years and years ago. And I respected this guy. He would never lie to me. He was very smart, very logical, very sound-minded. And he told me, he said, do not take any advice from anybody. Don't take any advice from anybody. But always take in the information. And what he's saying there is, if someone tells you, well, I did that, you should do this, don't do that. Because their circumstances are different than your circumstances, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. And that makes sense. But what he did say was, take in all the information you can. The negative, the positive, the good, the bad, everything. And then make your own decision based on what you know. Because that situation will be based on what's best for you. And that's always been a good advice for me. 
<laughs> people will tell me, Mike, you don't listen to shit. No, the fact is I listen to everything. I just don't take advice. I make my own choices about my own situations based on what everybody else has told me. So, in fact, I do listen. I just don't do it their way because I'm not convinced that it's the best way for me. So, what I'm talking about with this emotional broken stuff, I'll tell you how I came. First, I'll tell you how I came to this idea or resolution in my mind. I've told you before, I grew up, I had a dad who was a pathological liar, sociopath, and uh, um, narcissist. Not unlike Donald Trump. Different, but similar. Now, when you deal with somebody like this, it is basically an abusive relationship. But it's how you accept that relationship that tells you how you're going to do years from now. And let's be honest, the four years we had Donald Trump as a president... We as a country were in an abusive relationship. But it didn't start there. These broken emotions in our country have been there for a long time and for many reasons. But as I say, my dad was one of these people. I was fortunate that my mother was a wonderful woman, and she helped us, kept, kept us on a straight and narrow. And my father wasn't physically abusive. He was emotionally abusive. Uh, verbally abusive. You know, he would say things like, you're worthless, you're a piece of shit, you're not worth a damn, and things you don't say to a child. In fact, I always said to myself, I'd never do that to my kids. I'm going to be different than my dad. But then when you grow up and you have kids, you realize doing that, saying that is fucked up. Nobody with a normal mind would do that. But the reason I tell you that is not for sympathy, because I'm fine. The reason I did that, that trained me to do something that has affected me the rest of my life. And what that is, is I analyze everybody I meet and every situation I'm in. I try to analyze it logically. Now, the reason I got into this is because I had a father who was emotionally and verbally abusive. And when I'm a little kid, when he loses his shit, I get scared. So I do what every little kid does when they're scared, is they try to avoid it, try to avoid the punishment. Now, there was no way around it with my dad because he was kind of in your face. So I took it a step farther. I always watched him. I analyzed him, essentially, at four or five years old. I could see the ticks. I could see the signs or the cues that told me he was going off the deep end and he was going to be pissed. So I tried to manipulate that situation by distracting him, by taking him down another road, a more happy road, so I wouldn't have to deal with that situation. And it worked because my dad was so ego-driven. If I could take him off his track by something else that fed his ego, he was happy to do it. So what that taught me was don't worry about getting beat down. Worrying about handle that guy or that situation in front of you with what you know. Analyze the situation and make some good choices. Now, people in this country work off a lot of emotion. If they're racist, they're mad. They hate black people. If they hate racists, they're mad. They hate racists. If they're um, 
upset about how they were raised when they were young. They might lack confidence. They might uh, be sad all the time, or they might be afraid to speak their minds. But the fact of the matter is, if you're doing that, you're doing that based on something you learned when you were younger. So you had no growth at all. You've taken what you've experienced, and you've lived with it for the entirety of your life. You haven't grown at all. You're still suffering the pains and the sorrow of something you experienced in the past. Now, people go through these things because they're conditioned. If your dad tells you you're a piece of shit and you're worthless over and over and over again, you're being conditioned to be that person. And then you grow into adulthood and you think, well, I'm that person, so I'm just going to be that person. But the fact of the matter is you can change things. You can do things differently for yourself. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, a psychologist, or a guru, or any one of those things. But no one of those people can fix you directly. There is no pill. There is no strategy. There is no therapy that they can give you that's going to fix you. They can give the tools to you that cause you to fix yourself you got to take it upon yourself to fix yourself. And in this, in this country right now, we have a lot of people that like to be victims. People who are genuine victims, people that have been picked on, have been bullied, and they play that role for the rest of their life. And I understand it. it, it, it it's not surprising when people go through the things they do. Then we get the people that are aggressors, like the racists, like the Trump fans, and all that sort of stuff. And people think, well, they're very strong, and they're going to come after people, and that's how we live. That's not it at all. These people are the biggest victims of all. They're the most insecure of all. All they're doing is putting up a front to protect themselves from their insecurities. I mean, that's the whole mentality of a bully. A bully's probably picked on at home by parents, by, by brothers and sisters and that sort of thing. So they got to play the tough guy. And they inflict it on somebody else so they can show that they have some control, some power. Unfortunately, somebody gets bullied, and now they are affected emotionally by that situation. I hear people talking about being bullied, and I'll be honest with you, everybody I know has been bullied at one point or another, some more so than others. And that is an appalling thing. But there's at some point where you've got to take that situation. If you were bullied when you are 14 or 15 years old, but now you're 30, you should have a different mindset. That was years ago. You can't curl up in a corner and uh, die a long death just because what happened in your youth is affecting you today because there's no reason for it. And as I said, you can train yourself out of certain situations. I mean, I think confidence is the absolute most important thing to being secure and happy in your life. And people will accuse me of being cocky, and I'm not cocky, because I'll tell you the difference between cocky and confidence. Confidence is somebody who knows what they know and will fight to the death for it. Cocky is some guy who knows everything about fucking everything and won't shut up about it. They actually don't know anything. They're just spewing to make it look like they know everything. So consider that. 
I'll give you an example of the way you can train yourself out of something that you've been, that's either been forced upon you or you accepted uh, in your life as the way you're going to be or the way you're going to think. When I was a young man, I was like every other young man. Something happens I don't like, I lose my shit. I had a bad temper. I would scream and yell and, and, and try to intimidate because that's really what that's about. You know, when somebody loses their temper and they're very proud, I got a bad temper. Now, what you're fucking trying to do is trying to lose your shit and intimidate whoever you're mad at to agree with you. That's all you're doing. Now, when I did that in my youth, as I said, I analyzed everything. When I did that, I realized at some point that every time I did that, as much as I was trying to make everything better for me, it always turned out worse. It was more fucked up because of what I did. I was embarrassed by the things I said. I said things I didn't mean. I did things I didn't want to do. But I was mad. I was angry. I had a bad temper. So I blew up to try to get my way. Well, when things don't work out properly, when things go badly when you do something, common sense would tell you, well, fucking do something different. Try a different option. Now, a lot of people don't think they can do that. They'll tell you, well, my dad had a bad temper, so I have a bad temper. Well, how did it work out for your dad? How does it work out for you? If it's not working for you, I don't give a fuck if your great-great-grandfather did it. You got to figure out a way to change it to make it better for you. So that's what I did. I rationalized and I analyzed this out and said, okay, I get mad, I scream, I yell, but it still turns to shit. I should do something different. But it's just a natural reaction, right? I can't help myself. I get mad. I scream. I yell. I do this shit. I can't stop it. But yes, you can. But there is no switch. No doctor can tell you how not to do it anymore. There's no pill. There's no medication for this. This requires work within you to fix that situation. And it takes time because it took you time to get to the spot you were in. So what I did in that situation Knowing that if I lose my shit, I'm going to make things worse, I force myself to stay calm under every circumstance. No matter how bad the situation, I force myself to stay calm. And it's hard. Man, it's hard. When you spent your whole life yelling and screaming and, screaming and ranting and raving, it was hard to hold it back. But no matter what, you keep doing it. I mean, if you're overweight, not a shape, you have to work out to get back in shape. And you can't do it in a day or two. You've got to work out. You've got to eat better. You've got to do all these things. And it sucks for a long time until you reach your goal. And then it changes everything. It's the same thing in this situation. I kept holding myself back and holding myself back. And you know what? Every situation was better. People weren't angry because of some crazy shit I said or did. I actually came to a resolution that was reasonable and fair and equitable for everybody. So now I was happy that I was getting the kind of results I was hoping to get with whatever was annoying me. And I kept doing it. And I kept doing it. 
and I kept doing it until such a time that it became second nature. At this stage of my life, at 61, I don't have to force myself to hold my temper back. That's just the natural way of things. That's because I trained myself to do this as opposed to what I was doing before. So my point is, you can be lazy and just keep doing bad, stupid shit, or you can train yourself to not do it. But you got to make the effort. You got to put the work in. You got to put the time in. And then you will do better by this. Now, when I say this country is broken, it's because we've got a bunch of people doing bad behaviors, and they just think they're stuck in it. And these are the people that are mean and vicious and violent and aggressive and bullies. But these are also the people that play the victim, that suffer from things that happened in the past. There are people who will say to me, well, my dad and mom were really mean or I had this. And I'll grant you, it's a horrible situation. And I feel for these people. But don't let those people, don't let those situations dedicate or dictate what you're dealing with now. And in the future, people will say to me, uh, um, aren't you upset about your situation with your dad back in the day? I go, it really doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter. They say, how can it not matter? He's your father. I said, well, look, I'm 61. I'm a dad. I'm a granddad. I don't need a daddy anymore. I got this far without him. I'm fine. Whatever happened in the 60s or 70s or even the 80s really doesn't matter anymore. Because at some point, you've got to let things go. You can't let everything from your past affect you today. Because all those fucked up things that happened in your past are now fucking up today and they don't need to. Because they have no place, no quarter in your life today. But you got to learn how to let that go. And again, that's not easy. People will say to me, you can't be angry at your father for the rest of your life, and I'm not. The fact of the matter is, because of where I am and what I'm doing, he's of no consequence. I can't be mad at somebody who's of no consequence. And it's not even being mean here. It's It's being that you're trying to lead your life. Sometimes it's best to get rid of negativity and negative people around you. Sometimes you just can't fix those relationships or situations. So if you want to be happy, then you've got to let them go and let them go by the wayside. That's really the only way to deal with it. If those people aren't willing to fix themselves, then it's a lost cause. It's an absolute lost cause. I sometimes think that I'm either the most well-adjusted person in this country or the fucking nuttiest. You know, a lot of people will say that uh, I don't care what people think of me. But actually, in most cases, those are the people that really care. They worry about what people think. I mean, I watch TikTok and I see people crying because somebody made a negative comment in their post. Who the fuck cares? You don't know these people. You don't know where they come from. You don't know what they're about or their intelligent quotient. So who cares? Like I learned how to hold my temper, I learned how to disregard what other people think. You know, somebody just asked me, they said, uh, what's the best way to do a TikTok? And a lot of people will go down on TikTok and say, okay, what's going to get me the most followers? What can I do to get the most followers? And I'll grant you, when I got onto TikTok, I saw the same thing. So what's going to get the most followers? 
And then I realized I was a 61-year-old guy who can't dance, who can't lip sync, who isn't, doesn't look like uh, a model. So what the fuck am I going to do? So I said to myself, I said, look, man, all I can do is what I do. Just do it. Do what you like. Throw caution to the wind. Let the chips fall where they may and see what happens. For me, it was unusual because I never expected anybody to follow me. Then now we've got 70,000 people and we're doing the podcast. And so I'm amazed that anybody has any interest in what I have to say. But I needed to make the effort. I needed to step up and start talking in the way that was most comfortable for me just to see how people would react. Turns out there's a lot of people like me that just don't feel comfortable doing TikToks or don't feel like they can do it because of their job or their family situation. And I get that. So if I can speak for those folks that want to say the same things I'm saying, but can't for whatever reason, I feel like I've won something there. Whether it be two people or 200,000 people, it doesn't really matter. All I'm doing is exercising my First Amendment right and feeling comfortable doing it. Do I have haters? Fuck yeah, I have haters. I have a lot of haters. But you know what? I don't give a shit. In fact, the haters are wonderful people because they keep coming on my post, pumping up my videos, and making it better for me. So please, by all means, hate me. I don't give a shit. When it comes down to it, as long as my family likes me, as long as my dog likes me, everything else, anybody else who likes you is kind of frosting on the cake. You don't have to have everybody like you. You don't have to have everybody being your buddy or agreeing with you. It's nice when they do, and I'm fortunate that I have a lot of people that do agree with me in terms of politics and news and that sort of thing. But I don't have to have them. That doesn't make my life if I have them. It makes things a little better, but it's not going to change how I live my life. Like I said, I either think I'm the most well-adjusted person in the world or the most fucked up person in the world. Because I honestly don't care what people think. I am who I am. I do what I do. You can either like me or not like me. I'll just take it for what it's worth. And I'll appreciate the people that like me and not give a shit about the people who don't like me because they don't matter. The second thing is I'm able to take whatever happened in the past and just let it go. I don't know if that's compartmentalization or what the hell it is. But I can just let it go. I told somebody once that uh, I could literally walk in my driveway in the winter, fall down on my back in front of all my neighbors, shit my pants, struggle to get back on my feet like a turtle, and be able to walk in my house and forget about it. Now, a lot of people would be embarrassed by that, and of course I would have been embarrassed too, but people will struggle with that for years and years, thinking about, oh, what do they think of me? What do they, I would look like a fool out there. For whatever reason, I can compartmentalize it, put it on the shelf, and fucking forget about it. And let's be honest, that's the healthiest way. If you're going to suffer and struggle over some embarrassment or something that happened to you, then your life is going to be terrible. So you got to learn how to put it on the shelf. Forget about it. Today's another day. I'll tell you, one of the ways I learned this was through my job when I was working in radio, and I was a traffic reporter. I'd do a report every 10 days, or every 10 minutes, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and every time I did a report that was bad or, or uh, wasn't correct or I made a mistake or 
sounded foolish or whatever. It never really bothered me because I know in nine more minutes I can redeem myself and do a better one. One of the things I learned while I was in radio that taught me how to leave things behind. When I first started, I was doing news. So you would get this AP wire that you would read ahead of time, hopefully. Of course, I normally didn't. But people will read these this copy from the AP wire. And you'd be going through it, and sometimes it was written poorly, or sometimes there was a mistake or whatever. But you'd read it. And the normal person reading this thing on the radio will read it, and they make a mistake. And the problem is, is once they make that mistake, they keep going, but in their mind they're going, I fucked up, I fucked up. And they're so worried about that fuck up that they did in the first part of the newscast, they keep fucking up along the way because they're too focused on the first fuck up. So when you're doing news on the radio or living life, you got to be careful you got to be able to have a fuck-up and just keep going. Forget about it. Because if you don't, the rest of that copy, the rest of that newscast is going to be shit. And it's the absolute same thing in life. If you can't leave something behind, if you can't forget about it, it's going to affect everything else you do. So doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it make sense to just leave it behind? You know, in radio, whatever I screwed up, 90% of the people probably didn't even recognize it. The only piece of person really worried about it is me because it's in my head. I'm worried about what people think. But you can't do that because then you're going to destroy the rest of the report. And if you do that in life, you're going to destroy the rest of your life. You're going to struggle with something that's already done that most people didn't notice. And it's going to continually cause problems in your life. So that taught me how to put things in perspective, lock them in a vault, put them on a shelf, and forget about them. Because I don't need something that I did when I was 25 years old, screwing things up in my life or upsetting my mind when I'm 61. I got other things. I'm a different guy. I do different things. So now I can live a happy, stressless life. Because I'm not paying the price for what I did when I was 25 or 30. That doesn't mean you're, you're not apologetic or you're not sorry for doing something stupid. But only give it as much power as it deserves. In that moment, in that time, do what you have to do to rectify it, to redeem yourself from it. But then let it go. Nobody gives a shit except you. And if you give a shit, that's going to affect everything else you do in life. Now, the thing about it is, is I believe that the most important person for every person in this country is confidence. Confidence in anything. Confidence in picking movies on Netflix or confidence in playing golf or confidence in yourself. Most importantly, confidence in yourself. Now, there's a huge percentage of people, whether they act like they do or don't act like they do, they don't have any confidence. They beat themselves up over everything. Somebody says to a woman, you have nice hair. Oh, it's, it's really bad. And they point out the negative things. Not just accept it, man. Have some confidence. Nothing's perfect, so accept what's good about you. Confidence, for me, is the ultimate thing that people have. 
And like I said before, you can train yourself to be confident. Let me tell you another story. You know how I love stories. And I've told the story to other people many times. When I was a young man, 13, 14 years old, I tried to play hockey. I came from the state of hockey, Minnesota. Couldn't play hockey. Couldn't skate well enough. Couldn't play well enough. I had some other guys that went on to play pro hockey. So I wasn't going to be able to compete. I wasn't really built to play hockey. So my dad said, you know, you should wrestle. I don't want to fucking wrestle. So he pushes me into it, and I go wrestle. And I'm a pretty strong kid in in the streets and stuff. I do fine for myself in terms of fighting and wrestling. But I got into this team, and I literally lost every match, every goddamn match. So by the time the year was over, I said to myself, I ain't doing that shit anymore. No way, no how. But the next year came along, and they got a new coach. Now, our first coach was basically a college kid who didn't give a shit about shit, taught you some things, but really didn't understand people. So this new guy is also a guy who just graduated from college with a law degree, and he was a former wrestler. He was a nice guy. He had good interpersonal skills. And he said, I want you to come back and wrestle. I go, are you fucking crazy? I got my ass kicked. I'm no good at this. I'm not going to do this. Well, he kept working on me. My dad says, you ain't doing anything else. You should do it. So I was forced to do it. Now, this situation was different. I got more and better information. I got some encouragement. I got some support. And now I'm wrestling again this year. But I'm winning every match. How do you go from being the worst to one of the best? I don't know how that fucking happens. I wasn't any stronger. I only knew a little bit more wrestling because the moves are important in this situation. But I kept winning, I kept winning, I kept winning. You get to the tournament. Now, don't get crazy. I'm, I'm not talking about some big state tournament. I'm talking about the city tournament. I'm 14 years old. It's a big deal to me because it's a park board and it's a city tournament. So I get to the tournament and I get to the championship match. A guy that lost every fucking match before, He's now won every match in a city championship match. So I wrestled this guy, and I beat him pretty handily. So now I win the city championship of of my city at 14 years old of like 119 pounds. And most people would say, that's not a big deal. But when you're 14, it is a big deal. But it changed everything for me. You see, because I went from having zero confidence to all the confidence in the world. Now I thought I could beat everybody. I walk into a match. I won this one. I won that one. Now I know I'm going to win this one. I feel confident. And the difference between me winning and losing was what's in my head. Did I believe I could do it? And the interesting thing about confidence is it changes everybody's perception of you. I went from being just a kid in school that may have got picked on here and then, here and there, But then winning the city championship and everybody saying, wow, that's an amazing accomplishment for a kid your age. And all the tough guys that would bully me now really didn't anymore. Not because I was any tougher. I threatened to beat them up. That wasn't that. It was that they didn't know. Well, he won the city championship. um, So maybe I should think twice about fighting him. So I didn't get bullied. I didn't get picked on. People looked at me as some kind of formidable force in ninth grade in the junior high. 
until one day, one day I'm I'm practicing um, in the park, and the toughest kid in school. He's a problematic kid. He did drugs, but for whatever reason, he was more defined muscularly than anybody in ninth grade I've ever seen. And he didn't like the fact that I was getting a certain amount of attention for my winning the city championship. So he walks into my practice and he says, "Um, you think you're so tough, I'm going to wrestle you. And immediately I thought, man, I worked this hard to get some kind of reputation. I'm not going to lose it all here by getting beat up by the toughest guy in school. So I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm tired. I just practiced. I did whatever. And I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to risk all that. Of course, my coach said, do it. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Do it. So he forces me to do it. Now, this kid was big and he was strong, but he knew nothing about wrestling. So some people gathered in the room to watch this, some of my schoolmates and some other younger kids and such. So he comes in, and I'm going to wrestle this guy. And I'm scared shitless, not because I'm worried about getting beat, but because I'm worried about destroying whatever little reputation I created. So I wrestle him. And it was probably the easiest wrestling match I've ever had. I pinned him literally four times in five minutes. He gets up. He's pissed off, and he leaves, and all the people I went to school with saw this. So now I have more confidence because I beat the toughest kid in school, and all these people have a different perception of me because I just beat easily the toughest kid in school. That changed the whole direction of my life because now I had some confidence. I was confident I could wrestle. I'm confident I can beat the toughest guy in school, and all those people have confidence in me because they've seen it or they've heard it. And that changed the complete direction in my life as far as being confident or being a whip puppy. Many people spend their life being a whip puppy, afraid what other people are going to think or what they're going to do. And that taught me that confidence has a lot of power. And that also taught me there's a big difference between confidence and cocky. Now, when I ended that match and I won this toughest guy in school, I was confident. That fucking bully... He was cocky, and he lost. He was cocky because he thought he could do anything to anybody at any time, and that he knew more than everybody else. But he found out that that wasn't true, and he was crushed. He treated me totally different, and other people totally different, too, because if he picked on somebody, I'd just walk over and he'd shut down because he wasn't sure if he could do anything with me. That's the bully syndrome. I'm going to overpower you, and if you fold up and die, I win. If you step up and slap them in the face, then they're going to back down every goddamn time. Because every one of these bullies is scared little kids that are trying to give the appearance that they're tough because they're afraid you'll find out who they are. Now, you probably say to me, how can I be? I'm not confident. I'm not confident in anything. Everything... I'm unsure about. And it goes back to training again. How do you make yourself confident if you're not good at anything? Well, the fact of the matter is you're good at some things. There's no question about it. Everybody is. But you got to build that confidence. you got to train that confidence in order to get to the point where you are confident enough to lead life and give the perception you should be giving to those people around you. And the way you do it is you acknowledge small wins. You create 
small goals for yourself. Easily attainable goals at first. You say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to vacuum the floor every day for a week. Or I'm going to do 10 push-ups a day for the next month. It's easily attainable. So you go after it, and you do it, and you do it, and you achieve that goal. Now, that gives you a little bit of confidence to go on to the next thing. You pick something else that's a goal. Reachable and relatively easy, but you go after it. And then when you reach that goal, you got a little bit more confidence. And you keep doing that until you build enough confidence where your whole perception by everybody else around you is better. Your life is transformed because you go from this whipped puppy crying in the corner to somebody with some confidence. It's like doing TikToks or doing this podcast. A lot of people around me say, how can you do that? Who cares what you think? Well, I don't care what people think. I'm just putting it out there to see what the hell happens. And I'm confident because I'm confident in what I'm talking about and what I know. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not going to talk to you about neuro... uh, neurosurgery or something I don't talk about. It goes back to what I said before. Somebody who's confident knows what they know and they stand by it and will fight for it. It's the cocky guy that talks about everything, that knows everything, that's going to try to shove it down your throat. Hence, Trump supporters, those kind of people. They're the weakest people of all because they've been sucked in by a lie. They've been sucked in by another bully. They bought into the bullshit. Now they got to for- try to force it down your throat. But if you stand up and push back, they're going to fall away like, uh, <laughs> like Trump's wall because they have no base. They have no real belief in themselves. All they can do is try to fake it and... Uh, live off somebody else's power or or assumed power. And it comes back to all what I was talking talking about originally. The core problem in this country is that many of us, or the country as a whole, is emotionally broken. We've got people that lack confidence. We've got people that lack courage. We've got people that just go along to get along. We've got the broken people that don't believe in themselves, have no confidence, but want to bully you to mask the reason or the the, the fact that they are weak. So we got all these people with these emotional issues bumping into each other, and that's why we have the problems we have. Why is somebody racist? Why do they not like black people? It's really not about their skin, necessarily. It's because they're afraid as fuck of the black people. They're different than them, and they feel they're going to get one up on them or take them over or run them out of the country. They're afraid. You've got people that are people of color that cow and shy away from these racists because they've dealt with decades and decades of being beaten upon and abused and treated poorly and have had nothing they could do but accept it. So that's why when I see somebody from the, uh, that's a person of color that steps up and pushes back, I'm proud of them, and that's what it's going to take to fix this situation. It's also going to take white people to stand up and push back and support the people that have been bullied for all these years. That's how we fix it. 
We don't allow these weak people that are trying to bully others to continue to do it. You slap them in the mouth, you put them in their place, and then they go away. People say, well, racism was getting so good, and now all of a sudden it's bad again. Now, it was always bad. These people just went under rocks uh, for a period of time. And then Donald Trump comes along and makes it okay to step out and be racist and, and be misogynistic and those sorts of things. The first step we've got to do is put those people back under the rocks. And once they're calmed down and quieted and things are relatively normal, we're not done yet. Now we've got to figure out how to eradicate them, get rid of them, change their mindset, do whatever we have to do, because it's not good enough that they're locked under a rock. Because we know that for 20, 30 years they were under a rock and they were fairly quiet and we thought things got better. But one guy, one clown comes along and they come to the surface like a like a, a fucking pimple. And then it explodes all over everybody. This is a big problem. And it comes down to emotions. Those people that are racist have emotional problems, and those people that allow them to bully them have a problem. Those people who come at you with these Trump crazy shit, and the people say, well, I'm just going to accept it because I can't do anything about it. The fuck you can't. You can do something for yourself. You know, that's what, that's what people say to me all the time. You do these things on TikTok. You do these things on podcasts. You're one person. What are you going to do? How are you going to fix anything? Well, I don't know if I'm going to fix anything. But I know I'm doing what I believe, and I know I'm doing what I think is best to the best of my ability. That is the very least I can do. And if you feel upset about me doing that, well, then it's your problem. I will tell you something, one last thing before we wrap things up here. When you get to the point that you are confident in yourself, you don't have a problem speaking your mind. You feel confident about it. You feel empowered in yourself to say something, to do something. You're going to get a lot of people, and not just the bad people, the good people too. They're going to get a lot of people saying you're angry or arrogant or stupid or crazy or you're out of control. And I'll tell you why that happens. There are so many people that lack confidence in this country that when you show confidence, they think there's something wrong with you because you don't think like them. They don't realize that them being the way they are is the problem. They haven't taken control of their life. They haven't trained themselves to be the person they really are. And they have trouble that trouble with that you have. And they want to kick back about it. They want to talk badly about you. But it goes back to what I said before. Who gives a fuck what people think? If you worried about what people think, your life would be shit for the rest of your life. I'm not willing to do that, and you shouldn't be either. Disregard the negativity in all senses. Fight back when you can. Push back when you can, because that's the only way to beat these negative people and these bullies. You got to push back. And even if you're one person and it's not going to do any good, at least you did what you thought was good and you did your part. And that's why I have a podcast, because I want to see more people with my mindset coming together. 
And then when you get groups of people that are large, then you can do some good. And maybe not all of you feel comfortable about talking about this shit. But if we've got a group of people that support one or two or ten people that talk about this stuff, then things can be fixed. Well, I've ranted enough, so I'm going to get the hell out of here, maybe do some TikToks and who knows what the hell else I'm going to do. So you have a good day, good week. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.